Hi everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast where we get in hardcore with dancers from all around the world and have a really open and honest chat about ballet training and the highs and lows of being a ballet dancer, trying to become a professional ballet dancer or a dancer in general. I'm your host Romy Dare and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi everyone, so this is a mini-series where I'll be interviewing dancers and kind of talking deeper about, I guess, experiences that they had at their vocational training that affected them, you know, quite, I guess, deeply coming into the real world and kind of discussing the issues around you know the gaps in training and why so many people leaving vocational training almost in a worse position than when they started and obviously I completely understand that everyone's journey is so different um every school is different with how they deal thing with things and obviously different dancers will come in at different stages of their I guess their mental health, there's so many factors that come into this and, you know, I don't want anyone to feel invalid or less valid and comparing their experiences to others because that's not what I want it to be about. This is more about kind of sharing experience but also having open conversations about the experiences because a lot of people will go through and, you know, go through their life and not talk about it until way like way ahead in the future anyway before we get into the episode I really just want to put a disclaimer out there that in these episodes we will be covering topics that could be possibly triggering to individuals people whatever you know it's going to be different for everyone you know talking about eating disorders um suicide depression anxiety kind of talking about feelings that come around with that you know there'll be there'll be so many topics but they're just a few and I just want to put a trigger warning so if you are feeling that these that you're not ready to listen to these stories yet because you know they could possibly trigger you please click off now you know and if you want to come back to the episode when you're in a better position then that's fine but absolutely don't worry like I've got so many episodes I've got a few educational episodes that you know anyone well I hope anyone can listen to but obviously everyone's different so it's up to you but anyway just want to put that out there before we get started because I really don't want and you know anyone to be triggered by this um another thing is the topics that we will discuss in the podcast you know in all the episodes not just this one but all the ones to come um, I'm going to be leaving links in the description that you can access to get help. So a few helplines that you can contact and places that you can contact if you need help. Because please don't be afraid to reach out if you're in a position where you need help. Um, or if you feel like you're not, you know, feeling, you know, feel like that you need help, okay, and don't deny help either, please, it's not worth it, um, so I'm going to leave those in the links below, and, you know, depending how you're feeling, it might be nice to talk, if it's something, brings up something in these episodes, 
might be nice to talk to somebody, speak to a friend. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Mention this in another episode, but really make sure that you, you know, have someone that you can talk to because it honestly helps so much. But without further ado, let's get straight on into the episode. And I just hope that's all clear before we get started. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoy this little mini series. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Hardcore Podcast. In today's episode, the second episode to, I'll call it the, I think I called it like the mini like trauma diaries, but I don't know how, to, well, I don't know what else to call it. So there we go. Um, in today's episode, I'm joined with Harriet Williamson. Hi Harriet. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'll, I might just call you Hattie in the episode because it's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I don't want it to be too like formal, but like the guests, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, well, let's get straight on into mm-hmm. your story, journey, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, let's go from the beginning. How old were you when you started dancing, and you know, what time, and then when did you start taking it seriously, and when did you mm-hmm. go into full time? just talk about that for a bit yeah so I started when I was two um well like nearly three but yeah and then was just kind of doing like ballet and tap modern and then when I was 10 I think I started to take more seriously with like I started like traveling for class and like Mm. through JAs I did a show for Royal and it was just like I started to realize that that's what I wanted to do like I didn't really know how I would do it but like it was just kind of like oh I wanted this is fun um and then auditioned for schools when I was 11 mm-hmm. um but I thankfully didn't get in anywhere I'm very grateful <laughs> I didn't I don't think it would have been right for me I think I would have burnt out yeah but yeah then when I was 16 I moved to Turing for full-time training until I was 19 and then graduated mm-hmm. last year wow exciting same year as me yeah um okay yeah and I think that's definitely uh something you know like the whole starting at 11 and obviously Mm. everyone's different but I think yeah you know I agree I think the same about me as well I feel like I would have burned out um yeah but everyone's different you know you never know exactly um okay so let's talk about your years at Tring you went there at 16 and yeah. you did the dance course you mm-hmm. mentioned before um how were those three years for you you can go through them you know however you'd mm-hmm. like to um I personally I loved touring like it okay. was for me it was a great experience and I know that yeah. every school whoever you ask is going to have a different opinion yes 100% so, that's the yeah I think I know a lot of people that love touring and I personally felt very supported there, always felt, always felt very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I I've had a really good experience. Yeah. Um, I was injured like majority of the time. So in like the first term of mm-hmm. my time at school, I got this like long-term foot injury, which apparently had been like growing for years, but I, was just kind of like oh it's fine I've got sore feet whatever um and I was off dance for a solid like three or four months with no kind Mm. of idea of what it was like no one knew 
um, I was referred to this foot specialist who turned out not to be a foot specialist and then like they were just telling me to stay off dance and I was like it's not getting better like what do I just not dance yeah. ever again um so yeah. I went to my own I found my own foot guy because my auntie works for like the UK bone and joint journal like okay <laughs> so she knows a lot of surgeons um yeah, so I went and saw him and he was like yeah you're never gonna be able to get rid of this unless you go on like nine months bed rest and there's no surgery that can fix it so you've just got to manage it basically oh, I was like oh cool <laughs> What so I've been on dance for no reason, basically, because there's nothing. So, that... But what was like what where in the foot was it? I'm quite intrigued. So it was on both of my feet, and on the second and third metatarsal, I had a thickening okay. of the lower cortex, um, okay. which basically means that from stress, it tried to build like extra bone to support the metatarsal, but it actually just makes it more brittle. And okay. it's mm. basically the pain of a stress fracture, like all the time. And then it makes you really susceptible to stress fractures. So if you know how to okay. manage it, it's fine. And if I okay. say do less point work, I'm I'm okay because I'm so used yeah. to it now. It doesn't really feel abnormal. Okay. But um, True. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like yeah, that was That's annoying. Quite obviously, it's the yeah. first was like, that, term at yeah. school. I didn't really know anyone. <laughs> yeah, was that ha was that the first time kind of that you felt it? Because like a stress fracture. Like that's painful like were you like what the heck is going on like yeah it was weird because like I was getting very mixed signals because they were saying to me that it wasn't a stress fracture okay. but then when I was in class the teachers would be like what's what actually is it because obviously if the student's been off for like two months and they don't know what's wrong they're obviously gonna think you're lying yeah so that, I was yeah. like I don't know and they're like just call it a stress fracture I was like but you've told me it's not a stress fracture like <laughs> I what do I what am I meant to say so it kind of built it kind of crept up on me slowly and then I eventually started feeling it a lot while I was dancing okay and I that's why I started going to physio about it and then they took me off okay. dance completely but how, how long were you off was that for the few months I, think I so I went to the hospital for an x-ray and they told me I'd be off for 10 days around like november time maybe oh, no it must have been earlier october time yeah. and i was off until february half term in the end oh jesus christ that's crazy so. <laughs> uh, yeah it's fine now because that must have been hard yeah well, that's good now but i think you know at 16 that's quite you know that's diff it's difficult mentally mm. like to you know you, it's your first year you know you want you want the school you know there's so many yeah. things that you know then you can't kind of do if that makes sense um okay so and then going into second year oh just going back did you feel that so you spoke that before that you felt that always really supported by Tring so mm -hmm. were they quite I guess nice to you going through your injury and supporting you that you in yeah they were great especially considering they didn't actually know me like yeah yeah they but I think because I was new mm -hmm. and because I'm not I'm really 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 not the type to like ask for help at all especially in like a new environment okay. I just kind of go with the rules like I just follow so I used to watch literally every class yeah and it was only towards the end when they started to get to know me that they were like, wait, 
why have you been watching every class every day for the last like three months? And I was like, well, because I didn't, this is all I knew to do. I'm not going to ask if I can go and do something else because I was Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so were they more like, I think they kind of physio. wait for you to ask for help. Oh, okay. Which I get because mm. obviously they can't, that's a big school. Like they've got kids mm. from like eight until yeah. 19. Like you can't, yeah. it's so many different courses. It's so impossible to stay on top of everyone. Yeah. Um, and because I seemed so fine and like happy just going along with everything, mm. I just understandably just kind of like went under the radar. Um, yeah. So they were great considering that they I literally could have just been like skiving and they wouldn't have known but yeah yeah <laughs> oh that's funny but okay I mean that is good that like because I know some people like for being off that long you know you people can start to question like oh is she just sitting out because she can't be bothered like mm. it's good you didn't have that yeah I never got questioned I was always That's they always believed me um mm. and when I they were great with me coming back to dance like my journey back to dance from my feet was okay pretty smooth and they were always really like mindful of me mm. like they would always be very like supportive of me like uh-huh. reaching milestones or being like just be careful because I like, haven't done point in a while like don't freak out you're fine like they were very yeah. supportive that's good that's good yeah because I mean in my in my when I was coming back from my injury it was kind of I mean it wasn't the opposite like I did have a lot of like I had support and you know teachers mm. were always asking me like oh how is it feeling today like how blah, 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 yeah. how are you feeling blah, blah, blah. how was it um but I did have teachers who would be like um you're not where I thought you'd be um oh you know that you should be able to do this by now and this sort of like kind of demeaning like kind of just makes you feel a bit shit um yeah it's not it's not very helpful um no but so that's really good to hear that kind of you didn't have that well especially in first year that's you wouldn't want that that wouldn't be helpful yeah um okay so going into second year and you know you said that your feet have kind of been a you know long-term kind of thing that you just manage did you get did anything else like come up in second year for you so I well actually at the end of first year I just remembered I got um oh my god it's called glandular fever as well oh my god okay just when I came back from my feet yeah I caught glandular fever whilst we were doing our like competitions in the school so I basically over February half term after being allowed back on dance I learned all of the solos at home so that I could try and do the competition and then we have our assessments at the end of the second time so like just before Easter is when they do the assessments at Tring and well the second set of assessments for that year Mm. and um I didn't know I think because I was so focused on coming back from dance could to dance Mm. Mm. I just felt ill like I just felt like I had a cold and then literally the day before we broke up my throat was like <laughs> out here and my oh parents my had come up to watch the finals of these shows yeah. and yeah. I finished dancing came off and I was like I literally feel like I'm going to die so I yeah. went home oh and turned yes. out I'd had glandular fever but I just had no idea 
Um, so that was, that kind of lasted until the end of the summer as well. Like, obviously I was, I wasn't like contagious anymore, but it has quite a long okay. time. Okay. Yes. Does that, does, so that happened before you broke up for summer? Yeah. And then it continued through to the end of summer. That's quite a long time. Yeah. So I took like, luckily it happened like just before Easter. So I spent the whole of Easter just in bed, basically. Okay. Technically getting over it. And then just the like aftermath of glandular fever lasted until. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because it has quite an effect on like you. Um, I don't really know how or why, but it, no, I was just I mean, think, yeah, but that's yeah, that's something difficult, you know, and something that you kind of had to manage. You don't, do you still like feel like does it still affect you now? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> I'm not really that's sure. good. I always want, I've always wondered because I don't know much about it, but yeah, no, not um, right, honest. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't have to go to hospital for anything. No, like oh, okay, I that's went in for like little checkups and like they had okay. to make sure that I was breathing while sleeping and stuff like that, yeah. but okay that's not too bad okay that's good to know so then you know you went to second year and you'd had that but I get I'm assuming you were kind of getting you know getting better at this point Mm -hmm. um did you have any did you was it just mainly you managing your feet your feet or did anything else like crop up so first time second year was great it's probably like the Uh best term of training at the school that I had okay Um, and then I started to kind of feel like twinges in my hips like okay they just I thought would be normal like I would kick my Mm. leg and it would be like a pinch yeah and I was like oh it's probably like everyone probably feels that it's fine Mm. and then I brought it up in a jazz class once and everyone was like no that's not normal and even my teacher was like why do you feel that and they're like maybe try on a bent leg and I was like yeah that helps a bit which is weird and so it kind of became normal that I sometimes had like a pinch. Okay. Um, and I'd had like slight issues with my hips when I was like 13, but obviously that was ages ago. So I mm. didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. Eventually I went to physio because it started getting quite um, intense. Yeah. Like, I didn't really think it at the time, but like, looking back, it was bothering me quite a lot, like physically. Okay. Did you um, feel it when you were like in bed? Like, could you feel your hips when you were like in bed, like um, asleep? No. Okay. No. Because I just, I'm just asking because I had a in second year. I, I think it's second year. I had like a hip thing, but I'm, I never found out what it was except that I just know it was painful all the time and I'm, yeah. it was like sore to walk and like lay, even lay in bed, let alone yeah. like do class. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just convinced it was a pinched nerve. It eventually went away, but. And I have right. no idea what it was, but I'm just intrigued to know what you, yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. you felt with your hips. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it started just kind of gradually getting worse. Okay. And it got to the point, like, at the end of the year, we had our end of year show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically went to physio and said, like, because they'd said that it was nothing to worry about and it wasn't anything extreme. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. like massage and like, acupuncture would help so I was getting all of that but it wasn't doing anything like, at all mm. um it was just getting worse and yeah. so I went to them around the show time being like look either because training when you have a show you have mm. normally on show days you'll have class first lesson in the afternoon then you have a rest so you can do your hair and makeup mm. and then we have notes and then we have a warm-up and then show 
Okay. Yeah. And I said to them, I was like, I'm happy, obviously, to do the warm up because if you don't do warm up, you can't do show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I physically will not be able to make it through the show if I do the class in the afternoon. Like it's okay. one or the other. Like I do class or the show. Yeah. And so they were like, fine. Like normally that's not allowed, but I was like one of the leads in the section of the show, and they didn't obviously have a cover. Mm-hmm. So like we'll just have to make that exception for you. I was like, cool. Yeah. And then. I basically was told that we couldn't do that anymore because it was like unfair that other people couldn't do the same if they had injuries. Like, okay. I got it because it's like you can't have one rule for one and one rule for another. Yeah. But obviously, it was turned out that it was quite an intense injury. So, like, but it also it makes sense if I can't do class, then like, why can I do the show? Mm. So I get it. Yeah, but... It's difficult, but it's mm-hmm. different in a show though because you do like you have the adrenaline and you know there's kind of that like feeling of having to do it if that makes sense definitely um so I completely understand that so I ended up doing the shows Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was fine but like when I was dancing in the show like I literally I had no feeling of anything at all but like in the warm-ups I was just basically crying the whole time like it was like agony yeah um and I thought oh fine I'm gonna book uh, an appointment with a surgeon because I knew a few people that had hip surgery and um, I had to get a different surgeon from them because my insurance didn't cover surgeons in London Okay. so I went to a guy who works for Oxford mm-hmm. and um, he was in the, the hospital there so mm-hmm. I like, had an appointment booked and, uh, yeah. and then I went to like Wombat Summer School I think that summer mm-hmm. and just happened it wasn't actually anything to do with my hips but with the surgery thing but mm. I tore a ligament in class there which mm. obviously meant that, that in your hips it. yeah okay um and I got an MRI straight away for that yeah which meant it was quite good because I could take those pictures with me to my surgeon okay. and the guy that I was going to go and meet um yeah so we were kind of one step ahead Whereas normally you'd go and obviously see the surgeon and then they'd say, all right, you need to get some images taken so I can look inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to him a couple of weeks later for everything, really. Yeah. And he's like, well, I've had a look at your images and you've definitely got, it's called like a labrum tear and okay. a cam impingement, which basically means that like in your hip socket, like the femur was slightly misshapen. Yeah. So it had like a bump. Just naturally okay. from like yeah, yeah, yeah. 80% of the population has it. Wow. Okay. Um, and that had just been rubbing away at my hip socket and everything inside mm. my whole so life. So like the protective had... layer had gone yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, really interesting. My dad has the same thing. <laughs> so really? like, yeah, he had a hip operation, but because that, yeah. like it was rubbing on the bone. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I, is that what, yeah. Basically, yeah. So the thing that's called a labrum it's almost Mm. like he explained it like you know like a kilner jar it has that like suction yeah Mm -hmm. that's basically what the labrum is inside your hip socket it's like kind of hold it in so I'd torn all of that and all of the cartilage inside the socket and then I also have hip dysplasia so my I have slightly shallow hip sockets so like all of that combined can basically result in like um oh my god what's it called arthritis Okay, yes. if you don't catch it soon enough 
yeah um so he was like we can try physio but it won't work like this is something that's mechanical like it's you yeah you can't just whatever so he booked surgery in for my right hip because that was the worst one or it felt worst mm-hmm. and then five weeks later I had my second surgery on my left hip um okay. and it basically turned out that like the labrum had completely torn off and like folded underneath itself. So I was like completely bone on bone. <laughs> and then, yeah. so oh my God, bless you. Jesus. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were like, we honestly don't know how you've even been walking for the last like six months, let alone like, like even standing in that position. Well, um, that's... It, ladies and gentlemen, that's been a dancer for you. <laughs> Literally. Literally. I know some of you have had the same surgery as well. It's, it's crazy. Wow. That's, yeah. That's, I, it just makes me think that, like, I kind of, like, it'd be so good if everyone could ease, like, everyone who was, like, going into full time dancing could, like, get their full body checked mm-hmm. to know if, like, things like do you know what I mean like because then you know like you you would know if you've got oh okay I'm more prone to this because my hips are shaped like this and oh okay I've got this bump like I've got that little bump on my hip joint or Mm -hmm. and then you kind of like you know or you know about your feet and like oh okay I'm going this and all this I just think that would be so helpful for everyone because we go Mm -hmm. into it blind and then no one actually gets help until shit gets really bad and then yeah. what happens? And then just exactly, it's not a good place to be. <laughs> no. Okay. So let's talk more about. So that went into your third year. That kind of whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I had the recovery. The two surgeries were in the first month of my third year. Okay. Okay. And then, so you were off from for how long because you tore you oh so in the summer you taught mm-hmm. that was when you tore it and then you went and saw the yeah. guy had the operation and then you were off for what was it like you went back you said you went back into dancing quite quick so yeah so <laughs> I my surgeon honestly was insane like he he's a professor so he was constantly working on like a better and new way to kind of um the protocol for this particular hip surgery has been around for so long and like everyone every surgeon basically did the same thing so I had friends that had the surgery done and then three weeks later were allowed to so on crutches for two weeks three weeks later were allowed to get on and like a stationary exercise bike to start kind of moving like yeah Uh um and I was on a bike the morning after surgery so because basically in the, the first 24 hours if you start moving your joint the hip yeah it like reduces the build-up of scar tissue by saying it's crazy like 75 percent wow okay so yeah. sean his name's sean my surgeon he mm-hmm. wanted to find like the best recovery for an athlete which is and okay. dancers so that he could try and like reduce the long-term effects uh-huh. um and so yeah i was up and walking with crutches like learning how to walk up and down stairs in the hospital like that night and then the next morning I was on an exercise bike really slow obviously like no resistance yeah yeah, yeah. like learning to like move my 
yeah you get your heat moving yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then I was walking around the house like four days post-surgery without crutches wow okay like, it was crazy yeah um and he had an amazing physio that worked right alongside him so they got each other and mm. they That's both good. kind of helped me come back together mm. like I don't know like they were just insane um mm. so I was told that I could go back to ballet class at three weeks post-surgery and okay. could do like ballet bar like just kind of obviously my first was literally like this and like my PA was like this big <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just to try and get my body back to used to like back used to feeling that way because obviously my actual yeah. me- like the mechanics of my hip had completely changed like I was in a new body yes. yeah so I was completely reteaching and it was both hips wasn't it was it both hips yeah okay yeah so yeah that does that is literally like a complete mm-hmm. wow so let's talk, talk about that recovery journey particularly the mental side of it I think yeah. is probably the most difficult one like the most difficult part of the injuries like recovering but also like mentally getting through um so just like talk about how you kind of felt during it I think I looking back was definitely in denial like the whole time that I was that I needed to a be a bit slower with everything and Mm -hmm. b that I was fine because I'm I hate I hate asking for help like I just can't like it's not even that I'm like it hurts Mm -hmm. my ego it's just that I wouldn't know how to like breach the subject of being like I'm struggling a bit like I don't know what to do like I definitely wait for someone else to reach out yeah Uh um which I think is probably quite common in dancers because you're told almost to just follow the rules and go with it yeah but you you know you also want to seem like strong and then there's the whole thing of like you know asking for help is weak and blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah like that's just being conditioned into us, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, okay. So, at Tring, they do, like, a touring graduate performance, and they get mm-hmm. different choreographers in from the industry to kind of create pieces, basically. Yeah. And um, they, I think, a mixture of, like, me not asking for help and me also wanting to get back as soon as possible... Mm-hmm. I kind of just ignored any pain that I felt because I was like well of course okay. it's going to be painful because I've just had surgery yeah. when I probably should have stopped but I was like well I've been told I can dance so like I'll be fine yeah um mm. so I think I was I didn't actually allow myself to see the severity of my injury like I kind of was crazy like six surgeries on her ankle and I was like you know you see people that have gone through awful injuries and I was always like well mine's obviously not that bad like everyone's had surgery or everyone's had an injury Mm. like it's fine I just need to get on with it Mm. and um I think looking back now I definitely rushed it physically and mentally like I was just kind of telling myself to get over it without Mm. realizing if that makes sense Mm. yeah um yeah no I completely agree with that that's yeah I feel like that's just quite common particularly like being in denial and of like the severity but also I think there is a lot of um you know comparison of like of injuries in dances like it's all like 
a lot it's like oh so and so has it worse but look at them or they can do that and they they this 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 and this happened like they had blah, blah, blah. like I think that's definitely common and it's yeah you always want to kind of I just like to kind of see where you are in terms of like because especially like you hadn't gone through that experience before of having mm. two hip operations and then come back into dancing and it's really hard the only thing you can do is compare it to other people yeah to kind of like gauge what almost like what you have to do and what you don't do so but like uh, yeah I think it's yeah. just really difficult no I don't exactly mean it's it was weird because I mean, I was lucky in the sense that literally, like I said, one of my best friends, she was off at the same time as me. So we could okay. help each other kind of not go insane. That's, <laughs> um, yeah, that's we, really helpful. Yeah, We got into a pattern of like um, definitely not sitting and watching every single class all day, every day. Yeah, so it drives insane. Healthy, yeah. Um, and we could both completely see how like we understood each other and that that I don't think I could have dealt with it all as well and also my boyfriend at the time who also went to Turing with me was mm -hmm. recovering from hip surgery so okay a different surgeon but and he but he kind of decided he didn't want to dance anymore so yeah us three together I think I definitely couldn't have gone through that time at the time as well as I did yeah. exactly been for them and like the yeah. scenario that we were in yeah um but yeah it was like i think it's definitely hindsight that i mm. realize yeah i needed someone to kind of hold me back a bit <laughs> yes hindsight is such a value like mm -hmm. and you could like speed speed it up like it's it's really strange, I, know. <laughs> I can like literally the exact same happened to me like when i got injured i came back mm. um i was off for like 10 weeks and then the yeah. week I'd been off at Christmas I'd literally done nothing oh no actually I was going to the gym to like rehab it so yeah um came back literally first class back I was like I haven't done a bad class in 10 weeks um I'm gonna do a full bad class why did I think that was that and then I started getting like Achilles problems mm. and then I was like oh God, wow I love this for me like <laughs> I'm just ruining my own life <laughs> right here right now um so but I think you know that's I've literally seen so many people do that like it's stupid it like looking in from the outside or like with hindsight yes. it, I'm literally like this is the most dumbest thing like what like you're literally being yes. so dumb right now but in the moment like you can't it's so weird because like you just said I think denial is such a big part of it and you know you're definitely oh it's like oh you know it's not feeling too bad today like I can't really feel mm -hmm. it like you know like the pain's not that bad I'll just like push through like like you just said obviously it's yeah so let's go full out being injured. We'll just yeah we'll go full out you know see what happens it's fine then like you know that even the next day you wake up and yeah. it's like <laughs> not good um but i remember like in my, I, think, oh, I think it's hard as well because oh, sorry um i think it's like my second oh, yeah, no, week okay. of, <laughs> <laughs> my second week mm after surgery I was back at school because I went back after like a week I think yeah and um 
just because I wanted to be with my yeah, friends. Yeah. And my the yeah. head of the course at the time, I was walking to tea. We had like afternoon tea every day at school. Um, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it was really cute. Um, I was walking to tea <laughs> and the head of dance was like, Harriet, should you be walking around so much? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, she's just being really annoying. Like, she's being overprotective. Like, she's, yeah. I, obviously, I want to go to tea with my friends. I don't want to just sit in parks all day long, which is the name of the studios. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of walking around the campus at drinks. It's such a huge grounds. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And looking back, I'm like, God, like, I was literally probably something like 10 days post-surgery. And I was just, like, wandering around with everyone at the speed of light. Like, I definitely, yeah. she was right. But I was so in denial that I was like well I can walk so obviously I'm going to walk everywhere yeah yeah no literally that was me I was like I can walk I'm and then I was, I was like walking to and from school mm. um literally the week back after my operate like the not I didn't have an operation now I'm speaking like as I had a <laughs> <laughs> but I was like like the you yeah. know and it was on my foot and I was like I, I look back I'm like really like it's like you need someone to literally grab you yeah like to literally physically stop you from like moving so quickly 100%. like so the, even the thing the is teachers, yeah even my teachers had kind of I almost fooled them into thinking I yes. was recovering fine yeah. because it was only until I had a rehearsal with um an outside of outside choreographer yeah and I had to skip one of the sessions because I had like my six week post-op appointment or something like yeah. that yeah and I went up to her and was like, hi, um, I'm not going to be in tomorrow because I've got um, my six-week checkup with my surgeon. She was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, six weeks? Yeah. She thought, I think she thought I meant six months. And she was like, you were only yeah. six weeks post-surgery. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, why? This this lady was, um, she used to be artistic director of, no, uh, rehearsal director at Romba. And okay. so her piece was like, contemporary floor work and like up and down and like yeah, yeah, yeah. your hips are like the center mm. of yeah, everything yeah. in your body mm-hmm. and she was literally like why on earth are you dancing like doing my choreography <laughs> and I was like oh, I've been told I can dance <laughs> and I was like I'm not doing like anything that's like dropping to the knee and she was like well no obviously not and I was like I don't get it like what's the problem but it was only yeah. then because obviously she didn't know the situation mm. and it was only then that I think it was the first person that was like wait that's weird like what are you doing because my well, teachers yeah. were blind to it because I'd made them blind to it yes that's I think it's when you have someone like outside come in and they're like questions like hang on a sec like it doesn't matter who, if you know you shouldn't be dancing that full that, that full out at six weeks post-surgery and I think yeah like you just said when you have someone that you hadn't like mm. almost like you'd fooled your teachers because you'd fooled yourself but then when you yeah. have some fresh eyes come in and like fresh information for them they're like hang on yeah because when you say it out loud six week post-surgery and if you were doing everything like that it's kind of just crazy it's stupid like I was dancing like <laughs> I was doing class in the morning to warm up because obviously you had to. And then I would be doing rehearsals from like 1.30 to 6.30. And it is 
stupid. When I look back on it, I'm just like, how, why on earth did I do that? <laughs> you, uh, it's it's crazy. Like there's some. It's, I think, once particularly like with dancers, once they have like once they want to do something, like they will do it even if they're mm-hmm. like in pain. Like it. Yeah. I don't even know how how that happens, but it happens. Mm-hmm. Um so you know like did you were you able to continue dancing kind of through your recovery or did you have to like were you dancing and then it like oh okay I've got to stop and did you have to like take any more time off yeah so I never took like another solid chunk of time off but okay. I, it was a 100% like a daily thing and it still okay. is to this day but obviously at school it was like much more intense like yeah like obviously I'm saying I was dancing for about six weeks but like from there it was very up and down like some days like three days um a lot of hip things they have to like pull your leg out of the socket to get in properly and they do that from the foot so your knee also gets pulled out yeah um so it kind of had a knock-on effect on my knees so it was like it was just little niggles that thank god I had this physio that obviously worked with my surgeon but um Mm it was a definite like I never really could expect know what to expect for like the next day and my teachers were great with that they were always one they were so understanding Mm. um and always believed me and trusted me to like know my body best Mm. that's Um, really good to hear mm -hmm. about that because I don't think that's I don't think that's the you know not everyone has that experience and it's a very like you know being injured is a very vulnerable time and it's like it's so important that you have kind of that support from Mm. you know the school that you're at but also I mean did you have do you feel like you had good support from your family as well oh yeah my family were so good um that's fab I think, yeah, I was just in a very lucky situation in that, um, again, I'm sure if you ask a lot of other people that were injured at during, they probably have completely different stories or they might have different stories. Yeah. Um, I 100% could not fault, like, my support network and my family, friends, school. I was really lucky. Yeah, that's really good. Um, So you know well I mentioned this a little bit before we started recording but were there any times like when you were injured that you struggled um I guess like with your body because I think that's so you know did you have any ever have any comments because you know I think going from doing so much activity doing to doing none I think a lot of dancers struggle with um something I struggle with so yeah that's why I'm kind of interested um yeah um well I think Tring at the time that I was there um like in my personal experience so you never know what goes on behind closed doors like you don't that's yeah so and obviously people keep things especially with body image very like private understandably um but I had only seen majority of the time if there was concern over anyone's late weight it was normally when they thought people were losing weight and they were worried that it was like not healthy or they were struggling um 
and I just naturally lost like a lot of muscle mass and um weight when I was coming back from my surgeries which is like kind of weird because it doesn't really make sense like I never really understood it but it's obviously just the way that my body worked at the time um and my teacher was consult all of the teachers were concerned and like one of them like the head of my year I phoned my parents were like is she okay and they're like well we don't know because we're not there like not um but so she came up and was like hey like just want to chat to you like on an adult to adult basis like are you okay because a lot of teachers have noticed that you have lost weight and we just want to make sure that you're fine mm. and I was like I was completely yeah. fine it was completely natural um and actually I know a couple of other people that had the same kind of thing happen to them when they were off okay. from injury um yeah. and I think that for me I think it kind of opened up a, a route that it just brought my attention to the way I looked I think before then I had like the typical like oh I would change this yeah. but I just never really connected like my body with it being a body like I was like I would just look at myself and be like oh it's me do you know okay. what I mean like I'd never mm-hmm. questioned it whereas from then I really started to like notice okay. how my body looked and it kind yeah. of and it's like led down the route that was like okay. not ideal and like pretty unhealthy mm-hmm. but it is so strange because that's the type of thing you think would kind of be the opposite. Like it was, mm. cause they weren't saying I needed to lose weight. They said to me, you looked better before, like try and put some weight back on. We want you to look like mm. you did before. Um, and it just now in like looking back, it makes me realize how careful you have to be with that kind of subject. And I think yes. teachers mm-hmm. need more, I think it's so normal for that like that generation of dancers to talk about body size and shape and yes. I think and they changing it and whether you know exactly. telling students to like either lose weight or put on weight there is definitely yeah. a generation that are more than comfortable to say it without any experience without any you know certification mm-hmm. diet like study at university or whatever like any knowledge in it except just dancing mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them are even happy to do it in front of the whole class. Like. Exactly. Like, there were multiple times that I was, like, lining, say, lining up in the water fountain queue. And a teacher would literally yeah. come up with, like, kids around me, like, fourth formers, which is, like, year 10. Okay. And, like, would literally come up to me, like, are you eating? You've lost weight. And I was literally, like, Wow. first of all it's weird to like put me in that situation second of all that could be very triggering to people around me yeah you don't know like it then creates you never know if you oh aren't losing God. weight you're not struggling and that's not true like mm. you can be struggling at whatever body size yeah. you are and i think it kind of mm. puts that into people's head whether you realize it or not and it's just really opened my eyes to how careful you have to be and how little it's a spoken about in like like a like a protective sense like trying to teach kids Mm. how to look after their bodies and b how it's not spoken about like how much pressure there is on body shape and dance Mm -hmm. because it is there is like undeniably there is yeah you can't yeah exactly 
you can't deny it. Um, Yeah. And I think that is, you know, it's such, I think that's a really difficult kind of thing to navigate and that's something that, I mean, I feel like I struggle with the opposite, not majorly because it wasn't actually that big of an issue, but you know, your brain's kind of like just put things in, tell you weird things, you know? Um, So I think, yeah, I just was intrigued to know kind of how that was for you because I think everyone, I don't know anyone who hasn't really had an injury and then been almost like more wary of how their body looks coming yeah. after the injury just because you're like, you know, like because yeah, cool. you're not in your normal training and like mm-hmm. your body might change. It's what you've focus on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. And then you can't, if you can't focus on your dancing because you're not dancing, then, mm-hmm. you know, your mind goes to other things. But, yeah, yeah I mean, that's quite, hard. yeah. Sorry, Sorry, what were you going to say? Like, from there, I think mm-hmm. it took me some time to realise that that had had a negative effect on me. I still didn't okay. even realise that was kind of, like, the start of everything until really recently. But, like, okay, I then started to realise that I wasn't, I don't know I started to kind of just feel so like stagnant is that the right word is that the right, is that word <laughs> like stuck yeah stuck in my recovery like stagnant. yeah okay from my hips and I think it was like all a combination of things and honestly the teachers were so supportive like and it made me realize how important it is to ask for help when you need it yeah mm-hmm. because they were so and I obviously it's just again personal experience and it's probably very different for everyone and different every school but Mm -hmm. they were so supportive like the two heads of year because the original head of um the course left that year Mm. but the new heads of the course they like put me in touch with a sports psychiatrist and like um got me like counseling sessions at the school which like weren't great but like it was the effort the sports psychiatrist was great, but that was more like private. Um, okay. So they put but, effort into trying to... Yeah, rescue, and they were so okay, kind and, like, they wanted to support me and help me and, like, try and get me back because I got to a point where I was like, why am I dancing? And literally it feels like I'm not dancing. Like, it didn't feel like me at all okay. yeah. because I was obviously still kind of... I was still recovering, but... I was expecting to just be back dancing and feel normal again. Mm. Yeah, um, it takes so a long time really to great. feel normal. Like, to mm-hmm. feel like you dancing, coming back from an injury. It's a very strange thing. Like, when I look back and think, like, it took me way longer than I thought it would. God, yeah. Because, like, you can, you'll get back to, like, being able to, like, dance, mm-hmm. but, like, not dance the way you like the way exactly. you dance like do you know what I mean and it's such yeah. like it's so weird um Definitely. and I think like you know it's like people be like oh you know you'll be back dancing in blah blah, blah like 12 weeks or so and so and I'm like okay maybe add another 12 weeks to actually get back in your body and like <laughs> dance like you again <laughs> yeah it's like true. add another 12 to that because it's like as well as because I kind of found myself finding things that I used to find so natural I had to think about doing them and I was like why am I thinking about 
the musicality in this section here because I would normally just do that yeah. and I think that was like quite scary at the time because it always feels like it's just never going to come back yes you literally and, like, is this ever going like, to yes. go back to normal or am I going to be sat like this for the rest <laughs> of my life I completely relate to that it was, mm-hmm. it was so weird <laughs> and then on top of that you forget that you've got to recover mentally from it as well because at the end of the day Mm-hmm. everything you've trained your whole life for has just kind of been taken away for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and I was saying to um I think it might be my parents that sportsmen mm-hmm. have sports psychology classes alongside their training from such a young age and nutrition classes and not in the sense of like you should eat this to look thin but just yeah how you feel in yourself yeah yeah how do you fuel your body as an athlete? And mm-hmm. dancers are just kind of expected to know how to do all of this stuff. Yeah. Like they tell you to not take rejection personally. Okay. That's great. But how do mm-hmm. I not take rejection personally? Yeah. It's like, how do you, I feel like there's yeah. a very, there's a gap on the whole how section of how to do things <laughs> in dance, where it'd be like, yeah, one, how to fuel properly, how to deal with rejection. Um, how do I fix how do I fix um you know fix this in my technique or yeah oh you know you're doing this wrong but like I'm not going to tell you what exercises to do and how to fix it because you have to do that yourself <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> I think yeah. that that's definitely a big thing um frustrates me so much <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just don't understand that you're just like performance anxiety like I personally mm-hmm. never struggled with performance anxiety but I yeah. know a lot of people that have and it's so it's so sad because obviously it takes away like the joy of like what we're really there to do and mm-hmm. I even in the school that I was in before I went to Tring I went to like it's well I went to like a grammar school from year 70 and 9 and then moved because they were too intense with academics and like wouldn't let me dance so yeah. I moved to a studio school which basically allowed me to be in school, but leave if I need to do for dancing. And like you had the occasional class where my teacher would come in and teach us and like that kind of thing. And the sports people at the school were literally given sports psychology lessons. And this is like in a studio school, not even like a professional training environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the dancers weren't. And I was like, hang on, first of all, why don't we have it too? Second of all, if they can do it, why can't massive schools yeah that's a, like yeah because it's not like, yeah exactly mm. well they have it. <laughs> yeah like or it's like um i had i i don't know i did an episode with um oz dancers overseas stephanie and yeah. kind of we were talking about how um you know like you will like if you're preparing for a competition you will put money into private lessons like this is more mm-hmm. like if you're training privately like it kind of depends yeah who you do it through but you put like hours or lots of money into costumes training for private lessons blah, blah 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 you put a lot of money into like your training for like learning how to dance and get better at dance and get better yeah. at things and blah but you know obviously yeah not everyone has all the money in the world i completely understand that because yeah, i don't have all the money so, <laughs> you know um but like think having the same attitude of, you know, putting more, like finding someone to help give nutrition advice and find someone who can support you in fueling yourself. Not saying that like 
everyone needs to have that but like if schools had that approach of having you know we're going to have a teacher for you to teach dance but we're also going to have a teacher that teaches you how to fuel yourself for dance so you are always being like knowing to perform at your optimal and your body is able to do that because otherwise you just go into it blindly and like there's just a whole um you know and same with like the psychology like all the, the mental health stuff as well like they're all it's not just physical if you know what i mean like yeah. there's so many things behind it 100 percent. and i and, think in a yeah. sense schools um as a whole yeah. kind of they they I think they prepare you in inverted commas for the industry by treating you like you're a professional when at the end of the day you're not like some of these Mm. kids are like 11 8 even at drink like even at 19 you're still young and impressionable and you're still growing and developing and I don't understand why you have to be treated like a professional in a school environment to then be prepared for the industry because surely school is where you should be taught to like have confidence so that when you face the industry if you get knocked back it's not going to affect you too much because you have been built to be resilient not be resilient Mm -hmm. but like have the confidence to fight back Mm -hmm. and push through it and i just find it really confusing like i don't understand the reasoning for treating children yeah. in school like professionals mm. it's just i completely i was actually talking to because I'm, I'm i'm currently teaching so like everything yeah. that you've kind of brought up in the whole like the way you got i guess like correct your dancers um so they yeah. don't kind of think that you're talking about them personally like their body personally and you're kind of like correcting technique and you know the whole thing of the way you know students have teach the uh, I can't speak the way students are treated like professionals like they're older than they are and I guess one I kind of understand you know they want you to grow up and they want you to be strong or resilient fine but there's a lot of a you know a lack of nurturing yeah the particularly younger dancers and I think you know that makes me wonder and I think there's a big question because there is a very large either a dropout rate during mm. three years of particularly the 16 to whatever 19 year yeah, 19. age group but also after yeah. you know yeah going and I think you know I really want think that needs to be looked at mm-hmm. um because I don't think it is just people deciding they don't want to do dance yeah. I think there's a lot of how they are treated and the way you know the expectations but also the way of not being able to deal with the expectations and I think that again comes down to the training the teachers whatever I don't know the answer but I just think that's I'm really interested just because I know you know and I'm I think everyone knows a lot of people that have just stopped dancing after vocational school and it's quite sad but definitely and I think in a sense um I've always thought that people i think there's a reason behind why everyone does like why someone does what they do of course yeah so even if someone's say rebelling instead Mm -hmm. of just 
I understand that, you know, you need to be held responsible for like mm. things that you do wrong or if you're disrespecting someone, 100% you should have to take accountability for like your actions. Mm. But I think after that, you've really got to question why that person's doing, like why they did what they did. Why are they skipping mm. class if they're mm -hmm. skipping class? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being like, how dare you miss my class? Obviously, of course, you have to do that because otherwise, yeah, you know. But there's a reason to everything. But yeah. then it's kind of thinking, okay, why do they feel like they need to do that? Like what's, what's going yeah. on for them? That makes them yeah. want to miss class so badly yeah 100%. because there must be a reason mm -hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be there and it's agree. i think it, there's yeah. much more to everything than it seems and i've seen it with so many people at school um not so many but like i've i've seen it yeah. where you can tell that someone's struggling and you don't know how or why or in like even what they're struggling with yeah but the teachers are just kind of understandably to a certain degree frustrated that they're not giving what they want them to give yeah um but i think it should be questioned more yes and i think that needs yeah 100 percent agree um i it, yeah it's i think it's a difficult one because it's almost I think there just needs to be a lot more I guess personal kind of co maybe conversations mm -hmm. within the teaching faculty and the students whether that be more one-on-one -on -one to kind of see how people are getting on yeah. like continuous checkouts I don't I don't know the um you know the resolution to that I guess but I definitely think that's a big issue um i you know i know particularly in like in my third year i think a lot of people were struggling actually every year there's always you know people are struggling with so many different things everyone's slightly different and you know i actually i think i spoke about this in an episode but like yeah i think in second year like all of my class were like really struggling around like december november december time and right. it was all like various different things and our teacher just said you guys aren't working hard enough you all have no motivation like i'm not happy with the way you're working what it seemed to have a chat mm. the chat was basically like you know someone brought up body image no one's happy with basically how they look or whatever and he's like mm. oh you guys it's simple as blah, blah, blah. like some man like telling us what to do i was like you're not a female for one yeah literally <laughs> have you ever been in a teenage girl's body yeah is this a joke right now? Literally. I was a student rep at the time. Um, and he says to me, he's like, Romy, just have a massive chat with everyone. I was like, what? So we have a chat in my lounge room and we go around and basically open up about our insecurities and everyone's crying. But it's like, literally everyone's struggling so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, it happens everywhere. Like if people to, were to open up, like at the time about the things they're struggling, like everyone is literally in the midst of a breakdown mm -hmm. like on the edge of having a breakdown yeah. about something and the school could like have no idea like that yeah. there's a huge issue with that like the fact that <laughs> it goes so hidden and you know that's yeah. why people kind of leave broken like do you know what i mean yeah 
so it's just crazy and I know it's it's like it's one of those things that you kind of need to see like an outside like yeah. even when I speak to my parents about it mm-hmm. or not even about it but just like about the industry as a whole everything's so normalized mm-hmm. like because obviously they weren't personally in the industry themselves but they've been yeah. through the whole journey with me yeah. so they're kind of used to everything being like oh yeah it just is what it is whereas like I started speaking to um psychotherapist recently mm. just because of like various different reasons and mm. she was just en- interested about like the industry and all of the different aspects of the training and how we were treated and blah 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 and hearing seeing the reaction of someone who had nothing to do with the dance industry as a whole yeah seeing her react to everything i was telling her i was like but yeah that's not normal like you wouldn't get an 11 year old little girl off the street put her in front of the mirror and tell her to point out what she doesn't like about herself yeah you just wouldn't but that's normal in ballet yeah and we're told to kind of fight against all odds like oh if you haven't got sway backs give yourself sway backs yeah like you're told to go against what your body naturally wants to do and be and that's kind of drilled into you Mm -hmm. from a very young age (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fully messed up. But I think, you know, like conversations like this, I think help kind of break down, I guess, the thought process. Yeah. And I think the older you get, the more you realise that. Mm. And, you know, that's why I think it's really important to speak about. But at the same time, like, I think what's important is I still very much love ballet and it's still what mm. I want to pursue as a career. Even though I have a lot of issues with the training doesn't mm. mean that I hate the art form because no, I think they're God. two completely different things and I think that's something that people can I want people to kind of be aware that they're separate um that you can love just because mm. you had a bad experience at school or you know I think I did said something about this that like not like dance is not like who you are it's like what you like you do it and it's like being able to separate those two it's like the same as being able to separate the art form from maybe the place you trained and you might have had bad experiences that then made you not enjoy you doing it but that you that doesn't mean you won't enjoy it forever like sort of I don't know like it's hard to explain but I just you can still want to fight like I just yeah I think yeah I hope people know what I mean (laughs) yeah no definitely like I remember speaking to a teacher once at school who um she so she was principal at EMB for like a really long time and um she was speaking to me when I was on my off for my injury and she was like you know she said when I was in class don't get me wrong she's like I worked 100% my mind was in it and I was there to work she was like but you have to have a life outside of dancing she was like when I went home she's like I didn't sit in front of the tv and watch ballets and stretch all night she was like Mm -hmm. because I knew that if ballet was taken away from me like what would I have she's like I wouldn't know who I was what I was doing and I was like you thought so right that you're kind of you'd naturally make dance and training your whole life from such a young age with with dancing Mm -hmm. and everything's focused on that but in actual fact 
in reality, dancing is probably like only 5% of who you are. Like oh, yeah. And it's interchangeable. Like, so like, you many could things. Switch it with something else. 100%. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really fab that she said that. Yeah, really good. And I think that's why I was really fortunate. Like, my experience with Turing and the teachers mm. there was generally like very supportive as long as I yeah. was willing to put myself out which I get because yeah. they can't be on top of every student all the time like it, yeah. it would be impossible yeah. um but yeah yeah no that's really good um yeah I had a teacher who was kind of like the opposite <laughs> like he wanted me to go home like sh- it was like telling me eight eight thirty after I'd finished at like eight o'clock at night to go home and stretch for two hours. I was like, Oh god, oh. no. I'm like, it's but like it, but it was like I look back and some of the things that was genuinely came out of like some teacher's mouth were ridiculous. And mm. I understand like there's a part of you that particularly I think with ballet just because of how hard it like the nature of how hard it is, but all dance is hard, like and whatever yeah. you do, you have to be kind of part of you has to be obsessed with it because yeah if you want to get work like you have to kind of be obsessed with it but not to the point where it takes up your whole life and that if it was taken away like you can't cope sort of thing so it's I think it's really hard and I like I'm trying to teach like the kids that I teach now like to kind of have that mindset so yeah it's it's I think it's really difficult um but I kind of hope that that kind of makes people think a bit. Um, yeah. Cause I knew that like, well, first of all, I didn't, I don't, I love ballet, but I don't enjoy it enough for it to be like my main focus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that I wasn't obsessed with ballet enough to like do it as a career. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think through Tring, I honestly changed my like focus on what I wanted to do as a career probably like mm-hmm. five times. Um, yeah. <laughs> and ballet was like the first one for me to be like do you know what actually I know now this isn't what I want to do as a career yeah um mm-hmm. which is why I'm also glad I went to train because obviously yeah we weren't limited to ballet mm. um but I yeah I knew that you with ballet especially you do have to be obsessed with it in a mm. sense like mm. to a certain degree not to unhealthily but yeah to a degree yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly not unhealthy yeah, yeah. no <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> you have to love every aspect like I didn't enjoy ballet class particularly at school yeah. okay then that and obviously <laughs> I wasn't going to improve if I didn't yeah that makes it, it difficult it makes it, yeah that makes it emotion yeah um so yeah I kind of came to that realization was like yeah it's not it's not for me mm-hmm. um but then hearing like a teacher who obviously was so successful in ballet say mm. that you can have a separate life outside of ballet I think it's so I think it needs to be yeah spoken about more because like she was able to do it she was very successful Mm -hmm. and was in the industry for a really long time Mm -hmm. and had a life outside of dance like it can be done and it should be done yeah see that's fab to hear because I think you know if I look back to 16 year old me you know you know, I just I had some teacher telling me that, like, you know, you have to be thinking about ballet, doing ballet, watching ballet 24-7. And, I mean, I don't think I did do that, but, like, it was almost like I felt guilty almost for not doing that. Yeah. But it made me not want to, you know, 
people my year would go out and sometimes I felt like oh you know that's not what I should do because that's not yeah. what about that if I want to get a job like if I want to be mm-hmm. serious about this I can't do that and I think it's kind of teaching a balance yeah of having you know learning and teaching your students how to work hard but also I guess like play hard as well like enjoy life a bit more as well. exactly like it's quality over quantity a hundred percent yeah yeah like, you could yeah. ensure you could maybe do like six ballet classes a day but if you're doing six ballet classes at 10 percent effort a day um, what's the point you, you might as well just do one at a hundred <laughs> yeah literally um so yeah 100% and I think I wish more teachers kind of had that that I guess mindset um and mm. the way they talk because I think a lot of you know teachers say you can't you know you have to make yeah. I think like you have to make sacrifices but not to the extent of like your well-being well you, that shouldn't be the case at least I don't think that should be the case no I don't no <laughs> no okay um okay I think oh I think we've been like 10 for an hour to be fair well over an hour like I'm recording Ooh. for probably around an hour now um is there kind of oh, anything yeah. that you want to kind of like touch on before we round it off um uh I think just in respect to like injuries Mm. I think uh it's so easy to kind of get carried away with progressing in like your recovery from the injury injury and not actually acknowledging what you're doing whilst you're doing it Mm -hmm. and trying to actually notice when you do something that's like good like I think mm-hmm. actually kind of acknowledging that you're like oh do you know what actually yeah I did well because I did a ballet class today and I haven't done that in a while rather than thinking like oh I finally did one ballet class but I didn't do four classes today and yeah. I'm still not back to where I should be I think if yeah. we've got to try and make dancers like see what they have done as opposed to what they haven't right done. yeah rather what they haven't done yeah appreciating the small things yeah and being I think being more having more oh, I can't say just caring for yourself more that's what I'm trying to say mm. yeah <laughs> being like, nicer to ourselves <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so not a lot of it's so much um, easier said than done but <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I can chat all day about being nice to yourself and then, like, like going to a ballet class Literally. and then just, like, hey, you're worth <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Literally. Oh, God. Okay. Um, okay, that, I think, you know, we've talked about a really, lots of, like, really interesting stuff and I hope that, yeah. you know, the things we talked about have helped the listeners, people listening um so Harriet where can they find you on the socials um my Instagram is literally the only thing I have um just (laughs) Harriet Williamson with a little before at the end (laughs) I'll leave that in the like description of this video uh, video no it's not a video it's a podcast (laughs) oh my god um so yeah the listeners if you want to follow Harriet um 
obviously <laughs> you can um i'll leave that below and yeah i think we are good to wrap up yeah and listeners you can hear me next week share the podcast like the podcast leave feedback someone's at the doorbell but we won't worry about that <laughs> um and yeah okay it was so great um so great to talk to you Hattie yeah thank you for having me on yeah it's okay no worries it was really great to speak to you um yeah okay bye